0: It's March first, two thousand twenty-two. I'm Ben Bowden, and you are listening to Simple Rhythms. Simple Rhythms is a daily podcast aimed to give you a simple and steady diet of God's Word, and to help us all prepare for this upcoming Sunday's sermon. Today's scripture reading comes from Leviticus chapter sixteen, verses six through nineteen. This is what the Word of God says. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself, and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord, and use it as a sin offering. But for the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself, and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself, and he shall take a censer And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. And in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the for the holy place because of the uncleannesses of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so shall he. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of the uh, their uncleannesses. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself. And for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. And shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his fingers seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel." May God be blessed with the reading and the hearing of His Word. Now, there's a lot in this passage, and so I'm not going to really detail everything. You can get a study Bible and do that. I'd recommend the, the ESV study Bible. That's a good one. There's a lot of good study Bibles and commentaries out there. But I really do want to dial in on one thing, and that is a word called propitiation. All right, so what we have right here is, is the need for atonement. Leviticus 16 is a centerpiece of Leviticus. It is not only that, but it's also the centerpiece of the whole Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. In Leviticus 16, we see a foreshadowing, a perfect picture of what Jesus ultimately fulfilled and ultimately came to do, which is to make atonement for the people of God. Now, In this, we see that there is atonement that is needed for the priests, atonement for the place, and then atonement for the people. So, what is atonement? Well, it has to do with reparation for a wrong or some kind of injury and the fact of the matter is we have sinned against God. We have wronged Him. Therefore, we there needs to be a reparation. The, the matter needs to be settled. The, the, the wrath of God is what every sin deserves because every sin is cosmic treason, it's infinite uh, crime, and therefore it deserves an infinite uh, punishment, and it's the eternal wrath of God. And so we must have that wrath, that wrath of God that, that we are objects of, we were objects of the justified wrath of God. We must have that satisfied. We must uh, have that like absorbed by something and extinguished. And, of course, this is before the cross. And so God set up this, um, this ritual, this Day of Atonement, which was one of the most important days of the people of Israel. And uh, there were two male goats. They were selected among their congregation and and so one was taken to make and, and it was killed and it, he cast lots and, and and so one was was killed um, because as it says in verse 16 because of the uncleannesses of the people of Israel because of their transgressions all their sins of course he's making atonement for the holy place but it's so that um, a person could go um, into the holy place on behalf of the people, so it's all overlaps. So it's it's making atonement for this uh, holy place, ultimately for the people, and uh, and the priest is the one who's doing it. And so we see that the the priest himself had to offer a bull for a sin offering for himself and for his house, and that's repeated uh, in verse six and verse eleven. And so this all hinges around this idea or this this term called propitiation. It has to do with the settling of God's wrath, and the only way that can happen is if it falls on something or someone else. And uh, right here, God has said, "Take a goat and kill it," and, and, and in, in this great ritual of sprinkling blood, because without, as Hebrew says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Um through this great ritual, the sins and the transgressions and the uncleanness of the people will be removed. And then we're going to see that there was another goat, as we saw here in verses 8 and following. It, it was... Um, it was One was for the Lord. That's the one that they killed. And the other one was for what they call Azazel. Now, there's a lot of confusion around this, and I don't think we're going to settle it here, but... Uh, most commentators agree that it has to do with some kind of like um, place of the dead, the realm of the dead, maybe a demon that was named Azazel. But the ideas we see, and we'll see this tomorrow, as we see in verse 20 and following, was that the, the, the people's sin was symbolically transferred onto this goat. He was to remain alive, but then be driven outside the camp. And so that was... Not propitiation, but expiation. The removal of sin. But propitiation was the settling of God's wrath. The, the satisfying of God's wrath. God looking at um, what had happened and that His people by faith were trusting Him that He really was going to remove their sin. And and He removed it and He, he, he settled it. Now, this is so important because if God were to forgive us of our sin, without demanding payment for our sin, it would be a defamation of his character, and he would cease to be God because because God is perfectly just. And so what we see right here is where the mercy of God and the justice of God meet. If you go back to Exodus 34, you see the most quoted verse in the entire Bible. Exodus 34 verse 6. It says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Now, this is what some have called the great riddle of the Old Testament. It's like God is going to forgive sin, and yet He's not going to allow the guilty to go unpunished. So it's like, He'll forgive sin, but He won't forgive sin. What does that mean? How do we work that out? Well, we see a hint right here in Leviticus 16 that God is satisfying His wrath through the, uh, the propitiation of this, this goat who was killed on behalf of the people to make atonement for the holy place and they could be in His presence. And of course, that's the hint and it's ultimately solved. That great riddle of the Old Testament is ultimately solved by Jesus. It is at the cross where the mercy of God and the justice of God meet. It is at the cross where where God fuses together the mercy and the justice of God so that He can say, He's allowing the guilty to go unpunished and he's not allowing the guilty to go unpunished because what he does is he removes our guilt and our sin and he places it upon Christ who is uh, the Lamb of God who died for the sins of the world. He places it upon Jesus so that then, having removed our guilt, removed our sin, can show us mercy and show us grace. This is the marvelous news of the gospel, and this is what we glory in. Let us continue to spread a passion uh, of this gospel all over the earth, all for the glory of Christ. I'm Ben Bowden, and we'll meet again next time on Simple Rhythms.